Hello and welcome back to the Bober Academy Football Podcast. I'm Chris Bober, your host, um, owner of the Bober Academy, eight-year NFL veteran uh, with the four years with the Giants, four years with the Chiefs. Uh, now I work with a lot of young people, middle school, high school, college. I'm also a offensive line coach at Creighton Prep. So we got a lot going on in the football world. And, you know, I'm all about everything offensive linemen. So this series that we're doing, this is um, the second installment of our Building Alignment 2.0 uh, for 2023. And you know, last month we started with the feet and understanding the relationship with your feet and the ground. And this month we're going to move up the body and talk about the knees. So uh, what I've done is, you know, knowing that I only know what I know, I'm bringing great people like Nolan Clausen. He's the owner and proprietor of Midwest Movement Oakport right out there next to Rick's Meats. Uh, Nolan, thanks for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Awesome, awesome. Okay, well, I look forward to to talking a little bit more about the knees. And I remember from last year, um, you know, the knee is such a critical joint, but it is just a hinge, right? It's kind of like a hinge that controls the power that you're getting from your big muscles and your hips and your core. Um, pushing that through the ground to allow you to move, to allow you to strike with force. But um, it's really important for the knee to like kind of be in line. So, you know, you can't do much with the knee, but it's more about like surrounding the knee with the ankle and the hips to keep your knees healthy, right? Right. So anytime we have somebody that comes into our office, uh, we are, uh, yes, we're going to address the knee pain or the knee injury. Um, but if we truly want to get them back to play or truly want to get that knee uh, headed in the right direction and pain-free, we always have to address one, the hip, which controls the knee. And two, we got to address the ankle, which allows for motion so that the knee doesn't have to uh, basically overwork to create more motion, right? And you already addressed on this, uh, but I'm going to bring out my uh, pelvis and knee right here. And this knee joint really just bends. It's a little, uh, but basically just bends forward and back like this, right? Yeah. Just goes back and forth. What gets us into trouble is when, so if this is, um, you know, a left knee, if that knee goes like this, that's where we get tears. So, I'm going to draw on the marker board back here. Um, so this is a knee. These are your, that marker is not very dark. So we're going to use one of these. Um, maybe you can see that better. Yep. Okay. So that is the knee joint. This is your femur and this is your tibia, right? Everybody has um, an ACL and a PCL. Well, most everybody does, right? But those are like the two big, um, they're called the anterior cruciate ligament and the posterior cruciate ligament, ACL, PCL. And what they do is they cross in the middle of that knee. Um, they cross, it looks like this, but in reality, it's like a, a kind of more 3D, but basically it just, stops the knee from sliding forward and backward over, right? We know that the knee just needs to do this and it allows for that motion, but it does not allow for that translation motion, right? So that's why they're super important ligaments. Uh, and those are like the big ones that get injured. Uh, next, we have 
uh, MCL and LCL. Those just try to keep the knee on this hinge path, right? Those ones prevent any side-to-side -side movement, right? So a lot of what is going on in the knee from an anatomy standpoint is all based on just keeping the knee here and there, right? And if we didn't have these big ligaments, the knee would go all over the place, right? What would also happen is what we call in sports performance world is energy leakages, right? So we're talking about ground reactive forces with our feet. We're trying to push into the ground or create the most force in the ground with our feet. But we have a big linkage to our big muscles in our hip, like our glutes, our quads, and our hamstrings. They're all or big muscles that we use to squat and push th heavy things, right? But we have to be able to generate that force down through to the ground. And the knee is just that transfer force. If our knee was really mobile, we couldn't transfer uh, that force very well, right? So uh, basically, when we're in the gym or when we're in the weight room um, training for things, we want to focus on one, making sure our hips are really strong and mobile, right? Um, and one of the big, uh, common things that we see in the gym is we, we tend to focus on movements that just happen in this plane of motion, right? We rarely do, uh, activities or lifts that happen in this motion, right? And as you know, sport is here, there, forward, backwards, cross, like there, sport is not just in this plane of motion. So we have to, one work on this plane of motion, but two, we also have to be able to strength train and uh, do positions that are gonna, you know, get some of those diagonal forces involved. Um, so that when, especially as linemen, when you're engaged with somebody and somebody sideswipes you and hits you from the side, your knee can go that way, but it has enough muscle control or memory because you've done uh, some lifts or things like that, that go, Hey, it's going in this position. I know how to get back out of that position. And that's, that's the general premise of the knee. So there isn't much that, you know, like there isn't much we can really do for the knee, but in order to keep our knees healthy, we want to work on, you know, the joints and muscles surrounding it. So, you know, you want to displace force and that, that wants to be in line with that hinge. But right. are you saying that you want to train, keeping that knee in line but but like with more like rotation in your hip or just you know different widths how, how do you how do you recommend like you know just in general saying okay let's let's put it through different ranges of motion so that it it, it, it can handle that right so we recommend a lot of single leg stuff right um single leg makes you have to balance um disregard that my pelvis and knees don't have feet but basically what we're going to do is we're going to start single leg squat things, activity. So we're just squatting on one leg, right? Now, what we would like to do is we do what we call a star pattern uh, lunge. So basically, uh, you're going to, here's your foot, right? And this is our star pattern. We're going to stand in that middle of the star 
and then we're gonna toe tap with the other leg out to each of those points. So we toe tap to here, toe tap to here, toe tap to here, even going across the body. But the whole time when we're doing that, so we are squatting down with this knee, right? But the whole time we are making sure that we're not falling into these positions, right? We're stressing, like making the hip go different directions, but we're not falling into this. It's kind of hard to explain when we're just talking about it, but um, really good examples of lifts that we can do are lateral lunges, single leg, right? Mm -hmm. So keeping that knee tracking over your toes, but your opposite leg is going out to the side. And we're like squatting down, but we're keeping everything in line. Another one is a curtsy lunge. So imagine somebody curtsying, you're wrapping that leg behind um, and doing a, basically a lunge where your knee is being forced in a direction that it doesn't really like, but we have to control it with the hip. So um, these are all things that we can show in another video where we're going to just go about talking about specific exercises and show and demonstrate those for the knee to build strong knees, but really we're building strong hips. Yeah, nice. Um, yeah, of course, we have some exclusive content on our Patreon channel that we put in. We did one last month. We're going to keep doing that. And then we'll, we'll film one here for the um, the knees as well. Um, but let me ask you a question. You know, when I see these lifters, especially like in high school, right? I mean, everyone's about like power lifting and wanting to push the most weight. And I was guilty of that. You know, in college, I right. squatted over 800 pounds, right? Which is cool, man. I got all this strength. But like, how do you balance that? with like that pure pushing mass of, of, of squatting and those kind of things. How much did you balance that with what you're talking about doing the, the functional stuff, the, the, the lunges and, and, and the not heavy weight stuff, but, but um, putting your, your knees in this example, a different position, should you do like two or three times more of the of functional stuff versus the weight stuff? I, I, what's your theory on that? So um most weight rooms are uh and high school programs are pretty good at setting up this way like they do like a core exercise at the beginning of the workout right a back squat um you know a front squat deadlift things like that hang cleans all of those are really really good lifts uh you got two hands on the bar you got two legs that you're going off of and why those are good is because you can push and have heavy weight that is going to tax the nervous system that is going to build strong muscles so that when you know you're pushing on a 400 lineman 400 pound lineman you know how much weight like you can you can mm -hmm. go against now um what sometimes i think uh some gyms or some uh programs kind of lack is those accessory type lifts and i i don't like that word accessory because i i think it's a foundational movements to mm -hmm. um doing single leg lunges, doing single leg box step ups, uh, Bulgarian split squats, lateral lunges, curtsy lunges, uh, single leg box jumps, like all those things are really, really good because now you don't have a helper with your other foot and you have to control it, right? So I would say a ratio of like three to one mm -hmm. um, in the weight room. So three, three types of activities that are single leg, in a single training session or single arm so this applies for upper body too um and then one uh one activity that is double leg um 
really moving heavy weight, right? We still gotta, we gotta tax our body a little bit with heavy weight so that we can grow and get stronger. But uh, there's research out there right now that talks about, uh, basically they took two groups of people. Uh, I'm sure you've heard me talk about this before, but they took two groups of people, they did max squats um, um, for both groups. Uh, One group went and did an eight week training session of doing back squat no single leg exercises. The other training group never put a bar on their back. They didn't do any back squats. Um, They did all single leg exercises. Then they came back together at the end of eight weeks uh, and did a max out again. The group that was doing the single leg stuff outperformed the double leg stuff, right? And -hmm. so what that tells us is uh, we still build strength in single leg exercise activities. Um, so don't diminish it because you can't lift as much weight. There's so much power in it because you have to control yourself on one leg. So yeah, and it's more functional power, but it, you know, it makes sense to me to have do the single leg stuff because, um, while I teach my guys to have their both feet on the ground, it, it always happens when someone gets, gets rolled up or something in a, in a position. It is, if you've got both your feet on the ground, you're not going to be in a hard position. It's when that one foot's on the ground because someone sweeps you under or you're taking a step or something. And that's, that's always when you get in that precarious position. So you got to train yourself for that because you got to feet on the ground is what I say all the time, but there are times when your feet are off the ground and it usually happens when, when it's in a bad position. So that, that strength to, you know, build that memory to, for your body to want to stay strong. I really love it. But, you know, before we kind of finish up, I wanted to ask you another thing because you're talking about the hips so much. And, of course, next month we're going to get into some really good stuff with the hips. And as a guy who had two hip surgeries, that's always one of my favorite ones. Um, but you also mentioned talking about the ankle. Like, tell me the relationship, how the ankle affects your knees and everything, too. You know, so um, for lack of a better analogy, um, the knee is the redheaded, beaten stepchild, right? It's... Um, Basically, it's between two really mobile joints, right? The hip is a ball and socket. It's supposed to move around. The ankle is supposed to move around like your wrist, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And so what happens a lot is, so pretend this is my foot. We lack that motion in the ankle going forward, right? Mm -hmm. And when we lack that range of motion, basically the knee gets stressed. um, And so the knee has to try to either come up with an extra three degrees of range of motion or that hip has to come up with that range of motion. And if that hip can't do it, then the low back has to do it. Right. Um, so we talk about the feet and the ankles kind of, uh, being our, our, our foundation, right? If we really don't have that mobility in those ankles, basically it's just going to keep transferring up and, uh, just looking down or up the line and saying, are you going to help me out? Or am I going to, um, have to do this all on my own. And so we want to make sure that we have good ankle range of motion. And I, I think I remember you talking about, uh, a coach just looking yeah. at ankle range. Coach, coach Dick Vermeil. He was, he's just one in the hall of fame last year. He was my coach for the, um, for the chiefs, you know, legendary coach, obviously hall of famer, yeah. won a Super Bowl. Um, when he would look at linemen, he would literally look at their ankle, ankle flexion and right. see how, how much range of motion he had. And that was his first criteria. Now I, I was, I, this is more like when you get to evaluate guys like coming out of the draft 
and maybe a little old school, but that was his thing. He's like, listen, you got to be able to bend your ankles so you can, you know, bend your, so you can lower your hips and still keep your feet on the ground. And, you know, for anyone that's listening to this or watching this, you know, you got to click on our channel and go back and look at last month's because we're building alignment. And when you build something, you build from the foundation, from the ground up. And if you don't take care of those feet and get that ankle flexion in there and have your feet on the ground, everything we're talking about, as you said, going up the line, it, it's all affected, right? And the knee is just the one that can't absorb those lateral forces or shearing forces. And that's why oftentimes you see so many knee injuries. I imagine if you go back and watch those, almost every single one of them is going to be a, a lack of strength or mobility or in a bad position above or below that knee, right? Correct. And I mean, uh, some of these high school kids might not know who this guy is anymore, but RG3, uh, mm -hmm. you know, oh. he was the just a extremely strong guy. He came out of the draft and everybody was like, oh, this guy is just going to blow the NFL out of the water. And there was PTs and uh, third party associations that were looking at his uh, vertical jump. And when he did a vertical jump, his knees were like touching together. Um, because he didn't have control of the hips. He had really strong hips, but he didn't have control of them. Yeah. And so when he uh, basically went and had those knee surgeries, I'm like, oh, problem fix, ACL uh, rehab. Well, he just kept tearing it because they never went actually to the source of why uh, ACL was getting stressed so much. So yeah, that, they were that not is, in contact. Yeah, it is a case study. I remember in the playoffs that happened is – first or second year. And that was the birth of Kirk Cousins after that, but he even hurt and still tried to play through it. And then there's a picture. I think he posted it on, on Instagram right after the, the, in the playoffs this year, and he showed like, this is why you don't go back in the game when you have a bad knee. <laughs> and he, he shouldn't have, but yeah, that, that's, that's great stuff. Um, All right. This is, this is awesome. Again, we're going to, we're going to follow this up here really soon with some, some very specific exercises that are going to put your knee in a good, better position. Um, You know, obviously we're going to click, click the, we're going to have some links down in the bio for wherever you're finding this, whether it's YouTube, you know, if you're on YouTube, you want to go down and click that subscribe button on all our social media, like follow comment, retweet, whatever the you guys do out there, whatever the kids do, as they say, smash that like button. Um, that would really help. That would really help us. Um, Dr. Nolan, thank you so much. So for more about Nolan and what they do out there, they are, their, their mission is to get you back on the field. Right. And they have a, a, a very simple yet very effective process and thought process for taking guys and getting them so they can go back out and participate in their sports. They're located out in Elkhorn, Nebraska, right by Rick's Meats and Ace Hardware, all in that area. Um, helps a lot of good good kids around here. Of course, they work on adults, and he's a chiropractor by trade, too. So um, check them out. It's MidwestMovementElkhorn.com. Of course, you can find everything about the uh, Bober Academy at boberacademy.com and our handle on all our social medias is of course at Bober Academy. So uh, Dr. Nolan, thanks for joining us today. Really appreciate yeah. it. Look, look forward to continuing to build our, our knowledge and add to our toolbox to become better athletes and of course, better offensive linemen. So we will see you next time. We really appreciate it. Check us out on social media. Give us some, some likes. We sure would appreciate it. Have a good one, Dr. Nolan. See you later. Thank you.